Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest. Just no, 
Welcome to a time of harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us. We pray that you've already been helped by the music ministry of our choir. And as you prepare now to receive the word of God, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture found in the 20th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul quotes Jesus with a word that is not found in any of the four gospels, but a word that all of us are familiar with. We are happier giving than we are getting. We're more familiar with the way it's written in the King James Version. It is better to give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We're going to be talking about an important truth. We pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family. And we invite you at your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a worship experience or a Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here every Sunday for worship at 8 and 11. Church school is at 945. We're here every Wednesday at noon and 630 for the study of God's Word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, tune in this evening at 6 o'clock for a closer look. Our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast, you'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. We also have the Thrive Podcast, which drops five days a week, Monday through Friday, with a new interview on Mondays and excerpts from our Bible studies and worship experiences on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I would also love to have the opportunity to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing here at Shiloh. You can write me at fredjeffsmith at cox.net. I'd love to hear from you. And until then, thank you for being a part of A Time of Harvest. I want to talk to you for a few minutes from the simple subject, an important truth. An important truth. In this text, Paul is giving his farewell address to the people of the church at Ephesus. Specifically, he was reminding them of how he had worked with his own hands to support himself and his ministerial companions. He says he had never asked for the assistance of the church to survive. Rather, he had shown by his example how the strong should help the weak. And in the process of his explanation, he reminds them of some appropriate words from Jesus. You are far happier giving than getting. Now, he says that this is from Jesus. And if you go back in the Gospels and try to find it, you won't find it anywhere in the Gospels. This is one of those rare instances in the New Testament canon where Jesus is quoted with words that do not appear in any of the four Gospel accounts. Yet, Paul confirms that this is a word from Jesus. And this should be important to all of us. We should always want to know what Jesus says about everything. And in this particular case, Jesus says that you're far happier giving than getting. It's important. It's a relevant truth for all of us because all of us desire to experience happiness. We spend lots of money trying to buy 
happiness. We travel great distances trying to discover happiness. We invest a great deal of our time and our energy in a quest for happiness. But according to the passage, an important truth of life is that happiness is available to us right where we are. You're far happier giving than getting. Now, one reason why this truth is not so readily received is because we don't properly understand it. Quite honestly, many of us just don't believe it. You can say amen there because you're one of those who don't believe it. Some think that their experience is different from the principle that this truth conveys. They will point to their own experience and they'll say, I don't know if I agree with with this text. I've made it in life on the basis of what I have received, not what I have given. I received my education. I received a job that allowed me to earn an income that has made it possible for me to receive what I have received. So I'm not sure, preacher, if I agree that it's more blessed to give than to receive. There are others who have not been as successful in life as the world defines success, but they believe that they would have made it if someone had given them what they needed at a certain point in their lives. And they find it hard to agree that it's better to give than to receive. If you're one of those people, and I can tell by how quiet you are, you are one of those people. Let's take a closer look at what is actually being said here. First, giving validates us as individuals. The more we have to give, the more valuable we perceive ourselves to be. If we don't have anything to give, if we don't have anything that anyone considers to be valuable, then we don't feel good about ourselves. Doesn't matter how young we are or how old we are, doesn't matter how financially secure we are, it's hard to feel good about ourselves if we don't believe we have anything that anybody else wants. And while it may gratify us to receive from others, it makes us feel useful when we're able to give to someone who needs what we have to offer. Let me share this with you. Nobody ever became great because of what somebody gave them. They became great because of what they were able to give to somebody else. Moses didn't become great because of what Pharaoh gave him as a prince of Egypt. Moses became great because of how he gave of himself to his people to see to it that they made it into the promised land. David didn't become great because Saul gave him the opportunity to be a palace musician. David became great because he gave his all in the leading of his people in the worship of God in spirit and in truth. If we don't have anything to give, then folk won't want to have anything to do with us. 
Doesn't have to be money. Doesn't have to be treasure. Doesn't have to be power. If we can't offer anything more than a kind word to somebody, if you can't offer anything more than a pleasant personality and a joyful conversation, then people don't want to have anything to do with us. Folk don't want to be around folk who are only trying to get something all the time. You got to have something to offer. When you run into folk who always want something, if you see them before they see you, they ain't gonna never see you. But let me share with you a couple of things that, 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 that people do want that you can give. People want fidelity. People wanna know that they can trust you. People wanna know that when you say something, you mean what you say. People want folk who will stand by them through thick and through thin, through success and through failure, through joy and through sorrow. A heart never grieves so much as when it feels the pain of betrayal. But by the same token, when folk know that you're trustworthy, when folk know that you'll stand by them no matter what, then your fidelity is perceived as valuable. Let me tell you something else you can give that folk need. They need positive attitudes. People don't want to be around folk who are always negative. How you doing? Oh, I got an ache and a pain. I don't know how much longer I got to deal with this burden that I'm bearing. Folk don't want to deal with folk who always have frowns on their faces and are moping around. People need to hear a word of encouragement every now and then. And if you can, then give them a word of encouragement. I was telling somebody today. You ain't even got to mean it when you say it. Just say it anyhow. And help them to feel better. It'll change you for the better when you validate others by giving them something that you have to offer. You're happier giving than you are getting. Giving is better than to receive because it fulfills our need to be appreciated. And you don't have to acknowledge it out loud, but everybody in here wants to be appreciated. Everybody in here wants to feel like others value them. Appreciation is an emotion of response. Appreciation grows out of recognition of what someone has done. And nothing will be appreciated unless something is done. And so if you want to be happier, then learn how to give rather than get. Money can't take the place of appreciation. A formal education can't take the place of appreciation. But if you learn how to give something to the world, then when you have something that is worthwhile, people forget all about what color you are. 
when you have something worthwhile to offer, they forget about which school you went to or what your GPA was. They simply appreciate you because you stood in the gap when nobody else was willing to do so. People will appreciate a phone call at the time of need. People will appreciate your presence at a time of grief and mourning. I tell folk all the time, you ain't got to come up with the right words because they ain't going to remember what you said anyway. But they will remember that you showed up. They will remember that you stood by them in the tough times of life. You can do that. You can help somebody. And when you do, they will appreciate you because you stood with them. Well, there's one final thing. I know it's Mother's Day. Y'all got other stuff to do. One final thing I want you to know, and that is you're happier giving than getting because it's confirmation that we are better off than we think we are. You know, a lot of people may not realize it, but we're, we're always better off if we have something that somebody else needs. Paul was, 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 was talking to the church at Ephesus, and, and he's giving them his final message. He's talking to people who actually had more materially than he had. They had houses, and Paul didn't have a house. But they, even though these people had more materially than Paul had, they didn't offer him a whole lot. Go back and read the text. Look at verse 33. Paul says, I've never asked you for anything. Never asked you for any money. Never asked you for any clothes. I worked for everything that I have with my own hands. But even though you never gave me anything, even though I never asked for anything, I'm better off than than I thought I was because I had something that you needed. I didn't need what you had, but you needed what I had. You were blessed because you had a house, but I know somebody who's my home no matter where I am. You were blessed because you had money. But I know somebody who'll take care of me even if I don't have a dime in my pocket. You were blessed because you had friends. But, but I know somebody who's a friend who'll stick closer than a brother. And so even though I didn't ask you for anything, I came to give you something that you needed. And it made me feel good to be able to share him with you. And so as I'm leaving you now, I'm leaving you with this understanding in my heart. I am so glad that the Lord gave me something that I could share with you. Makes me feel like I'm better than I actually thought I was. And Shiloh, I don't know about you, but I feel like Paul this morning. Every now and then I get down on me.
Well, good morning again, Shiloh. All right. Sometimes it's good to have a little fun in the house of the Lord. So we want to encourage you on this next song to feel free to participate on this one. Now, it's real easy. All you got to do is clap your hands. And even in scripture, it says, clap your hands, all ye people. So I want you to feel free to clap those hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're going to sing it one more time for you. Two. Here we go. I say one. One, two. When I think, when I think of his mercy and his kindness, all I want, all I want to do is thank him. From the rising, from, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, all clap your hands and say. Zion, let us, Zion, let us praise his holy and righteous name. Worthy Lamb is he. to see you clapping those hands just like this. Yeah. Amen. Oh, here we go. Give him some glory. Say, if you've been delivered. If you've been delivered. Clap your hands. Show up delivered. Show up delivered. Praise his name.
there's always a prayer aspect. Because uh, anytime you do something for the Lord, uh, you always want to seek his guidance. Uh, after, uh, after praying, though, it's, it's a combination of things. Because uh, one, you want to, to try to unify your audience. Uh, you want to unify them in a way that doesn't offend anybody. But at the same time, you want to be able to offer like a fresh experience. Uh, so a lot of, uh, a lot of the, 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 the people that uh, we're ministering to goes into that, that factor. Uh, like for instance, on first Sunday, uh, it's a mass choir Sunday, at least at, at the 11 a.m. service. So I'm primarily focused more on the older generation. Uh, and we're, we're more inclined to do uh, material that, that, that's dear to their hearts. Uh, you hear a lot, of, a lot more hymns on first Sunday. Uh, as opposed to maybe like the second Sunday. Second Sunday is, is ge uh, geared more towards our youth, our young adult, uh, and our children. So there'll be a, uh, the music will change a little bit. It'll be a little more contemporary, a little bit more progressive. But at the same time, uh, not to alienate uh, anyone, we'll still come back and we'll have at least one hymn uh, to kind of get everybody uh, involved. And I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's that healthy mixture that kind of sets even this church apart from, uh, from other churches, uh, other services, even, even other denominations. Uh, we're not afraid to, uh, to do contemporary music and in the same tone do a, a spiritual or a, a good old hymn, something like Amazing Grace or How, How Great Thou Art. Uh, and I think that all goes into the, our preparation process. The fact that we're just not afraid, we, we, we'll try anything. <laughs>